Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Alright everybody, welcome back to the DTFF Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. I'm Carl Hilton, your host, and I'm joined tonight by Ash. Hey guys. Rob. Howdy. And we're joined tonight by a special guest, Mr. Timeless Todd. And tonight, we're eating chowder and talking how much we love NFBA. You! Howdy all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was horrible. Oh, that was horrible. Oh, a bunch of jerks. <laughs> Little hit back. Uh, take a if you if you want to know why we started a little bit different. Take a little wander over to our brothers over at the Brotherhood Academy Radio and have a little listen to their uh, their intro. Mm-hmm. They gave us a little shout out, which was nice. Yeah, they did. It was really <laughs> nice. And to be fair, this this isn't our official rebuttal. This is just a, a, a tip of the hat to speak. <laughs> We're coming. We're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. I I laughed. I oh, laughed. I laughed hysterically. Really hard. Yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. What uh, they got to work on the English accent though. They absolutely oh, do. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it, was <laughs> it was an experience. It was good though. It was funny. The uh, they were been they've been busy. Hey, eh? they just got a burn building. They got a building given to them. Is that how it works down there? Acquired house. Acquired structure. Yeah. So they're super lucky. They get many. Oh, we'll say. I know I've seen a few of theirs uh, throughout the past year. Uh, Nick shared some photos along the way. Um, So where they are, they're lucky that if a homeowner is going to demolish a house, it's cheaper to have the fire hall come in, do some training, enjoy it, burn it to the ground on the last rotation, and then demolish what's left. So, I mean, it's kind of a win-win. Um, I'm, I don't know if that would happen like in the downtown core, but this was, uh, it seemed to be quite a uh, rural area, uh, like right on the water. Gorgeous, man. And even the house that was there, I'm like, man, that is a nice place. It seemed like really nice, to, like, with like wood floor, nice fireplace. I'm like, ah, I kind of feel bad looking at the uh, before and after photos, but... Nice uh, wood siding. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, place looked really nice, but... So they did a whole bunch of live burns in there. Um, they just randomly acquired some structure. Yeah. So yeah, they're away on vacation. Exactly. <laughs> That's a really nice house. Yep. Yep. <laughs> be a shame if something happened while they were away. Like some mysterious back rubs in a windowsill. <laughs> right? Yeah, oh, man. Stepbrothers, man. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Maybe we should post that. Doesn't like, make I, pool, right? I don't, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if he posted it, but we should post it. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Is that is that on his is that on his personal there? Facebook, yeah. Yeah, can't, I don't know, I can't say that, but still, <laughs> he sent it to me directly, so it's like it's my property now. <laughs> Technically, it works in Canada, eh? right? Yeah, the, uh, right? the back no, rib back rib picture. Yeah. You like it? Oh man, I like it. So yeah, so these guys uh, they uh, got some uh, some fuel load on the inside of the building. Um, Loaded her up. <laughs> what is the NFPA standard on uh, acquired hay bales in a structure? I don't know. Maybe they do it like maybe they do it on like a 
a, a building basis and then they just kind of took the building basis and then threw all of that into each room because it looked like they had about 15 bales of hay <laughs> in the living room alone. Good job, boys. Yeah. I think I'm counting uh, maybe at least eight in that one corner. It's fun by the ton mm-hmm. right there. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying it's cool. A little jealous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were some really good pictures on there. Uh, I don't know if they've yeah. got any video. Did he send you any video? Um, I've seen, I got tagged in uh, one of their members. Looks like had a helmet cam on. And uh, uh, some pretty good footage. I'll, I'll share with our, our guys so <clears throat> we can see it. Cool. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's pretty cool. So so these guys go in and Nick was being a bit of a smart ass. He says, yeah, like, you know, it's, it's pretty sweet. So we got this acquired structure. We planned a couple rotations of training through it. I'm uh, going to run our guys through a bunch, a bunch of stuff. Uh, he says the local police got involved as well, so they went and did some some tac- you know tactical training, um, and uh, he says the downfall of that was I guess one of the one of the cops shot a couple rounds through one of the windows. What? Which <laughs> he was obviously venting. He was ventilating. Yeah, positive <laughs> pistol vent- ventilation. So we had a good chuckle. Um, and he said, you know, we if we were allowed to have these acquired structures. We could invite the local Mounties there, but we'd have to rig up a hitching post for them. So <laughs> ride there. I'm like, wow, what a... <laughs> so the jokes were coming pretty heavy. So these guys, like, they, they, they should, you know, show us some pretty good love about how, how busy we are. So these guys see fire for 15 minutes and they're throwing shade like crazy. So. <laughs> Good on you. Enjoy yep. it while it lasts. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna get dry real quick. <laughs> that being said, we've been we've been quite dry. Yeah, and even with even it's with dry. the season kicking off, it has it's been terrible. Mm-hmm. Like uh, seasons kicked off, right? So burn seasons back in. So all the fires have been lit. Normally we get oh, yeah. a couple, right? Maybe like a night of control. You know, little little burn pile that went a little bit awry, but mm-hmm. nothing, man. Nothing. Not even a sniff. No yeah. chimney fires. Nothing. Not that we wish ill on anyone, but still, <laughs> be nice to see some. Nice to see a little something. Yeah. <laughs> I no tell doubt. you, if we had a acquired structure like that where we're allowed to have the cops going and shoot some rounds. I can only imagine like the stop the bleed training and the tack, tack, tack training that Scott and I could have could have done with the boys because yeah. we're getting some pretty cool ideas and props going for right, our man. local. Uh, Cops, so that's awesome. Nice. They would have started with their horses, though, probably. Yeah, totally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on with the show. <laughs> what are we talking about tonight? We're talking about training. Uh, training, we are going to go into Todd. You went away for a course. Uh, the course came to us. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. At your hall. Yeah, right at the hall there. Yeah, wicked. Yeah, What'd you get was, into? It was a lot of fun. Uh, so we did uh, Rit Weekend. We brought in the uh, provincial fire and safety uh, team um, through some contacts from uh, our new chief, and uh, they rocked it. It was a blast. Did a bunch of uh, bunch of writ scenarios and and set up a bunch of props that we built and did a whole bunch of um, training in our hose tower and running through props. Everybody did multiple scenarios. Each group we did like ten scenarios in the morning and another ten later on and. Yeah, it was, it was really, really good. We're bag. My back is still killing me. <laughs> <laughs> so this uh, provincial fire and safety group, right? Provincial yeah. fire and safety group. Is it? Yeah. What do they do? 
Uh, so they're a, a training division. Um, you can hire them, come in, and they'll they'll teach a whole gamut of, of uh, certified courses for you for the departments. Certified courses yeah. as well, really nice. So uh, I guess so. The NFPA then for that one. What was the one that you were concentrating on for that one? Uh, that was the fourteen oh seven um, for the uh, for the RIT training RIT crews. Yeah, yeah. Um, all of the all of the fans of NFPA are. Cheering right now. <laughs> Scott's not here, otherwise he would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Scott would be wincing, right? You just, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good Scott. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, <clears throat> what what else did you get up to? So, you, was it mainly writ then for the, for the majority? It was, yeah. <clears throat> uh, day one, it was a long day. Um, we did a lot of uh, just presentations and theory. Uh, a lot of it was just uh, pumping the education for um, uh, how to read smoke, you know, just smoke conditions, fire behavior, uh, really learning, you know, the signs of smoke. So when that structure is changing, you know, when to get out, read those early signs, make sure everybody's aware of, of those ever-changing smoke conditions, right, of what that building is doing, what that fire is doing. Um, and that just sets the, sets the precedence on, on uh, your incident action plan, right? Like... <clears throat> How are you going to deploy your teams? Where are you going to deploy them? Uh, what's RIT going to be doing? Are they, uh, you know, do we have guys up on the second floor, third floor? Is it, a, you know, whatever the scenario is. Mm-hmm. Just uh, really pounding that, you know, read the smoke. If it's just a simple laminar smoke or if it starts rolling, starts changing, you know, your color of your smoke, like, like we've all talked about it before, um, you know, do you need to send the crews in? You know, this is this is the big discussion it was... Um, so many departments sending guys in and are so aggressive and why it's an abandoned structure mm-hmm. why are we putting guys on the roof why are we sending guys in who cares it's right off and what they mentioned was you know they teach their officers that in your incident action plan if you can foresee the future in a few days an excavator coming in and tearing this thing down to the ground why are we working so hard? Why are we putting firefighters in that much danger just for that? Mm-hmm. There's no point. You know, if there's not a rescue where we have to go in, really rethink your tactics. Like, maybe we just need to stay outside. You know, you don't need to be that aggressive. I think if Scott hears this tomorrow, <laughs> he's, he's going to be like, man, I wish I was at an argument point. <laughs> Because again, to Scott, obviously, and with us all, we all tend to be in all of our departments extremely mm-hmm. aggressive, right? Yeah. Um, and even in abandoned structures, we we tend to charge in, nozzle first. Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely preach the hard work, doing our job, um, and we can come back to a podcast a few. No, it's probably like ten ago now, but uh, we had that that one abandoned home fire uh, down off of. Whatever street down there. By Maine? Yeah. 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 Uh, like, yeah, whatever. one dime from Maine? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was an old derelict home. Uh, there had been some questionable squatting there right. at some point in time. And, like, the the comments thrown around, they're like, oh man, I wish we were slower. I wish we, uh, like, why are we, why are we working so hard? Um, and it is tough. Our job is to go out there, be aggressive, get the job done, put it out. Um, I mean, now we have this derelict home that's a quarter burnt. It's worse than it was before. Um, but we went in there, we kicked ass, we got our job done. And I get both sides of it. That one was a very 
easy stop. Yeah. The extinguishment was a little bit harder because it was a pain in the ass. But um, the risk versus reward on that burn was was worth it. Go in there, get it done, yeah. be aggressive. But to speak to what Todd's saying, if it's you just have to manage risk. That's that's exactly what it is, right? Like, and that's why it's it was so heavily preached on re- constantly reevaluating, reading mm-hmm. those conditions, and yeah. you get that by reading the smoke, mm-hmm. knowing what the different colors are going to mean. You know, like what types of, of materials are now affected? Is it a structural element that's now burning because mm-hmm. of the smoke change? Right? Like, it's it, that's huge. Like, it's very important that if you get there in an early enough stage, hell yeah, you can spend those few minutes, be aggressive, get in there, hit yeah. it hard. And you're making huge progress. But if you're making that progress and something changes, you need to be aware. And, okay, you know what? Now the risk has changed. Now yeah. we're pulling out. Manage that. Get but open. Like for you guys, you guys are lucky. You guys have a very fast response time. Mm-hmm. And that really benefits your department because you can still provide that high risk. Or sorry, not high risk, but um, uh, high aggressiveness in it, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and at that time, it's a lower risk, but you also know when to change and get out. Yeah. And that's just, it was really a lot of reinforcing that in people. Like, mm-hmm. don't get focused on, this is the task, this is what I need to do. Yeah. Step back, especially as an um, instant commander or instant safety officer, and say, hey, you know what? I really don't like this smoke change on this, you know, mm-hmm. Bravo Charlie corner, whatever, maybe. And uh, pass that information along, and then reevaluate your incident action plan. And, okay, you know, boys, yeah, tactic one, come on out. Mm-hmm. You know, we're now going to be doing, you know, defensive or whatever. Just change your tactics, yep. right? Yeah, <coughs> it makes absolute sense. I mean, on that one as well that you were talking about, mm-hmm. for sure. Like we went in, and the reason we went in was because <coughs> we had reports that there were squares that had stayed in that building so we had no idea if anyone yeah. was inside we had to clear yeah. it had you yeah. know top to bottom um and it was just awkward because of the way it was even boarded up and there was a secret back room that was behind another wall it was just this really mm. weird <laughs> that, that was yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, that, but that's what's so important <coughs> excuse me about having having a good writ team and a good iso right is okay that instant commander's done his 360 he's doing okay this is our plan right now as conditions are worsening, that fire growth is changing, that team can be moving in, and having that RIP team going around, okay, hey, yeah, we're, we're softening access, we're putting up a second means of egress, right? We're doing this, hey, I noticed there's a boarded up window over here, let me know when we can pop it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when you guys are doing your, um, your positive pressure attack or whatever it may be, right, for your flow paths. Um, just having that plan as a RIP team, okay, we know we th- the seat of the fire is in Charlie's side, you know, the team's going in this way, left hand right hand and the writ's going okay they've got that visual of their structure and okay where are we going to be going in if something goes south you know i'm softening that door on the bravo side it's close to where they're going to be i'm going in right and that's what's important like it can still be a shady building Mm -hmm. but a good writ team is going to identify those hazards and mitigate them and get ready to make that entry point if needed that's right so I'm I'm interested. Did they in the RIT course were they in the same mindset as we we normally discuss in that the RIT team should be mobile constantly, or are they more of the mindset of again um, what we talked about before, where some people believe that they should just stay on the RIT tart with the tools and wait for the call? No, not all. So we that was heavily talked about as well, um, and a lot of the conversations was well, one manpower, mm-hmm. you know, full time departments. 
you know, they're rolling up on a, on a good structure fire with 14 guys pretty quickly. Us, yeah, we're going to have one truck of four, maybe another truck of three or four, and then that's it. And then who knows how long for the other guys start rolling up or if we're calling mutual aid. Um, so the same mindset was, yeah, that RIT team, you know, you can establish those two guys to start as your RIT and they can start doing their, their 360 and, and start doing their job, but they can still be doing minor tasks on that fire ground, but close to that entry point where they're going to be going in and having all their gear set up, ready to rock and, you know, BAs on ready to go in a, in a drop if that made any calls, right? Right. So, yeah, definitely. We had those, had those discussions. So there's no reason like the rate team doesn't need to stand there still. By any means, mm-hmm. you know, if you need them to do small, easy tasks, let them go ahead, but do not go on air for any other task. Mm-hmm. You're there ready to rock when you need to. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. There's basically a lot of what we tend to talk about and what we exactly. tend to, you know, agree with right yeah. as well in the same, same, same frame as that. <clears throat> if RIT teams roll in, they don't get involved in major tasks. They can obviously throw a ladder or two and, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's definitely a portion of what they can take control of. Wandering around the building, again, continuously doing those 360s, checking in on people, moving hose, you know, if they need to, shifting things around, a quick grab this, grab that, but they can't be involved in any big attack. They can't be put on a nozzle and then, you know, asked to start dousing. It just, it's That's not, right. they're, they're of no value. If the call comes in, you've now lost a line or you've lost a key component in a three-man team that was breaching a door, it's just not valid. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's good that they were they preaching the same thing. Oh, totally, yeah. I mean, or that we've been preaching the thing that the teachers are teaching, I guess. It is, exactly. It's, it's, uh, there's, there's no change. Um, a lot of it uh, for our new members was totally new to them. Uh, for a lot of us who've been around a long time, uh, really reinforced what we've been training. Um, and just practice, right? Practice like it's real. Like when mm-hmm. we're in there, this is where you want to make those mistakes. So. You know, there's no joking around as you're training. Like, no, you're going in there real time. You're hustling. You're moving. You're doing that hose management uh, to mitigate trips and falls. Like, you're doing everything like you would on a real fire. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. And a few of us in training, the same thing. Like, we, we'd go in. We didn't have our flashlights on. You know, we had a smoked-up room and, and stairwell in our, in our hose tower. And then one of our instructors like, none of you guys had your flashlights on. None of you were banging for help. You know, like, what are you doing? Like, the train, like, this is real. Like, if this is a real scenario, your flashlights are going to be on. If you got your down firefighter there and you're starting to package them, you used to be waving that flashlight, having that pass alarm going, saying, hey, hey, guys, we're over here. You know, make it known where you are. And as soon as they said that, we're like, yeah, damn right. You bet you. We preach train like it's real, Mm -hmm. but we're not turning our flashlights on. Something as simple as that. And it's that muscle memory, right? Just Get it going. It comes down to that muscle memory. Yeah. Um, so you know this is, you know, I should be doing this, 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 this. Yeah. And if you're bypassing something so simple as that, but, I mean, that's going to get you spotted. Yeah. That's going to help Even as down the simple road, as, for sure. simple as air, air and up putting your reg in, right? Like, in the trainings, training night sometimes, we all keep our reg out. You know, you're at the door, you're doing other little things. But if that was a real fire, you're going to have your reg in. Mm-hmm. So they'd get on as if if somebody would do that. Put your air on, like this is you training like it's real. Mm-hmm. So it was good. It was really good reinforcement. We get pretty we get pretty used to that uh, pass alarm going off and just canceling it and yeah that mm-hmm. annoying sound is just going off again. I'll just mm-hmm. cancel that. Yeah. And the other little things too. I mean, I can 
Delphi just like forgotten some of it, but like once that guy goes down, like our scenarios was we had a firefighter down, not a victim down at that point. Mm-hmm. So firefighter went down, we called the mayday, you know, hit that pass alarm, uh, but silence it once you got help, mm-hmm. you know, so you can actually have those clear communications. So you're not screaming at each other. It's already hard to hear and hard to transmit mm-hmm. on your radios. So once your backup there is there, shut that pass alarm off, keep an eye on his air, get that rip pad going, you know, do that, um, uh, give him, give him some air, hook up that rip connection and mm-hmm. hang it going. Yeah. <coughs> the, um, the flashlights thing, I must admit, it's never crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. Like I'm saying, you know, like yeah. it's never like in, in all of the writ scenarios I practice. Yes. I've activated the pass alarm. Yeah. Yep. Um, flashlight has never, never mm-hmm. crossed my mind to turn on. Well, that's what one guy said. He's like, where's your flashlights? Like, don't you got the flashlights? Oh yeah. I got one in my pocket. Why wasn't it out? Why wasn't it on? Why were you waving it around? Make yourself known, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's going to, in the real scenario, it's going to be dark and shitty. You're not going to see anything. Yeah. So practice like it is. It's just, just like our training last week, talking about buddy checks. Yeah. Even in training, we don't really get into that buddy check mm-hmm. where you could, if we start getting in the habit of checking flashlights, your buddy could say, oh, turn your flashlight on. Yep. It's something, something as, as simple that. as that, right? You don't even think about it in a training environment, especially a daytime training environment, right? Mm-hmm. You don't think about it. But, uh, you know, like they said, he said, the first two, three scenarios, they're going to be crap. He says, you guys are going to stumble. There's going to be mistakes. And we did. And then after that, everybody picked up the mistakes and we had it dialed in. Everybody was rocking on all cylinders. It was good. You said you had a couple of new guys run through as well. How did they go? Really well. Yeah. Really, really well. They picked it up fast. Um, pretty proud of some of the guys too, because they all got to play a, par- play a role, whether they're instant commander, safety officer, um, your attack team, your RIT team leader, like they really, everybody ran through that scenario. And, and the guys had never even touched a command b- board before, uh, they had a little bit of guidance, but they did really well. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge too. <clears throat> and that speaks volumes to the volunteer and on-call departments. Um, in larger cities, larger departments, you're not going to have that, you know, newer firefighter come in and get yeah. thrown into some form of a command role. And I mean, chances are here not as well. However, we always preach you should be able to, like, you, you shouldn't drown in any position that you're thrown in. That's right. Yeah. Right? Like you say, they needed some guidance. So, you know, you kind of showed them a couple things, helped them along, but they relied on outside knowledge or just personal experience and it got them through and they learned huge and then it just gains them that sort of you know confidence moving forward um at any point in time that person could be getting in that front front seat and they could be making calls that in their mind at the moment might be well over their quote pay grade (laughs) but in a department like ours like yours it's who's coming in that door next and people that don't have command experience um, can really learn a lot from those sort of scenarios where exactly. they're throwing in, they're learning it live, uh, and as real as you can make it. And it helps them, huge. even if they don't fully understand like the emergency scene management, what the, the exact roles are mm-hmm. for your ISO or your um, instant commander, at least in all of our debriefings, like it really painted the picture. Like everybody's starting to understand what is going to, going to be done and what's going to be expected. Like, you know, our new guys, like, they were hearing all the proper rating communication, like our, our CAN reports and and our PARs, like, okay, 
we got a mayday mayday call. This is what's happening. Emergency traffic only. Um, you know, so these guys are picking up on hard radio. Okay, yeah, now okay. Radio silence. Pay attention to the radio. Uh, the team comes out. The instant commander is doing a roll call and everybody, you know, and right away, like the first couple scenarios, guys are still kind of wandering off, you know, just turning to take their packs off. Like, no, we're not done. Mm-hmm. We're doing our safety checks. Like our, our team roll calls. And then by, you know, the third, fourth one, everybody's like, yeah, attack team one, two present, we're safe, we're good. Um, you know, 50 plus air, whatever. Everybody picked up on it really fast. So mm-hmm. it really helped. The newer members, and even us older ones, that you get lazy and forget some things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it really dialed in just that, okay, this is how the whole picture needs to look. Even if you're not in that role, you, you know what is going to be coming. Yeah, you're, you're witnessing you it, you're hearing it, um, just going through those motions. You bet. It's huge. And that's that's huge, like, on our uh, evaluation forms of the course, like any <clears throat> presentation, right, you always fill out a form after and... And the guy, we always had good debriefings afterwards with these guys. And and some of the, the takeaways that the new guys said, was bang on. Like, they picked up so fast. It was really, really good. And it just reinforces that in our smaller towns, in our volunteer departments, we may not practice that type of a scenario for months, you know, or anything for that matter. And to have that dialed in just so, you know, everybody's, Picking that up and getting those refreshers—it's—it's it's huge. It's key. <clears throat> it's really good that the new guys had an opportunity to get in on that. Uh, was it your entire department that was going through it? Yeah, we had a um, handful of guys that couldn't make it, um, and then some that j- are quite a bit older that just wanted to do exterior level, not full interior. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were there for the theory, but then they bowed out for the actual physical components of it, which is fine because they still need to learn all that. So if mm-hmm. they're outside. We need them to be able to see that smoke in case somebody does get tunneled in. They can say, hey, I see. You notice Check this? It out. Yeah. Oh, crap. Thanks, man. You know, like, otherwise, you get guys just stand there and they don't know. <laughs> they might miss mm-hmm. something, not bring it up. Mm-hmm. And we always preach to the new guys, if you see something that looks off, bring it up to somebody's attention. Yeah. I was going to speak to that. Um, like, there's, I see, there's, you know, safety officer all these people should be having that big picture. Like that's the idea, right? Um, but anybody should be, if you're outside, don't get that tunnel vision and just look at what might be right in front of you. Yeah. Take, take those extra quick looks around, really look at the large picture because that's what, I mean, you might see something that somebody else is missing. Never be afraid to, yeah. they might be like, Oh, Hey, I see what you see. Thanks. But I think that we're okay. Or, you know. hey, holy crap, I actually see that. That looks brutal. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, let's go do this. <laughs> Bring that up to somebody, right? Like, yeah. be aware. That's right. Obviously, don't start freelancing, mm-hmm. but make it make it known that you see a change. That's right. On that exact note, yeah. I'm going to move over to what Rob and Kerry <clears throat> were running um, for the training situation for, mm-hmm. on Thursday for us. And it was uh, positive pressure ventilation with hydraulic ventilation as well. Um, Two-man attack teams, one doorman, um, and then one guy. uh, We had one guy on fan as well, Mm -hmm. the fan door guy, same sort of thing. So as part of that, um, myself and Brett moved in. I was on nozzle, first rotation, went in, got to the door, did some check things. 
the normal stuff, right? And I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm trying to show Brett and shape to Brett. Of course, the fire is blaring in there. Like, it is raging. So we had it really going. And Kerry's there. So we're trying to use the, the mics and stuff on the BA to talk back and forth. And it's, it's really, really loud. And we don't have the, it's the older packs too. So mine didn't have a mic, so I'm screaming. And of course, in this time, like everything's going well. Mm-hmm. Like it's working out just fine. We're just having to try and pass that point because Brett had never um, done it before. The only time he had done it was when we were actually down, when we had the Northern Department down and we were training them. That right. same scenario? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had a kind of basic understanding of bits and pieces. And he was in for like a minute. Yeah. Like he, he, yeah. But he barely even went in, right, for mm-hmm. that piece. So he comes in, he's, he's running behind me as my second. <clears throat> And uh, Kerry lights up the hay behind me. <laughs> so as soon as we open that door, like we did a quick steam steam check, mm-hmm. and we just hit the hit the roof, let it kind of steam close the door, let it sit for a minute, and then we went back in to to do the the hydro vent. And so we open the door nice and controlled. I start to hydro vent. Everything's going fine. Obviously, the the so the fans on the outside pushing mm-hmm. all of the air through the building. I'm hydraulic ventilating, so all the smoke's being pushed out, and as that air is passing by me and out through that window, the hay behind me that Kerry just put a little, just like a little spark in, ignites. And I don't see it. I had tunnel vision. I was just concentrating on hitting that window with the tick. Why are my ears so hot? This is weird. (laughs) So feel like an old school firefighter. You know it's too hot when your ears go warm. (laughs) So we're looking, and obviously, again, tunnel vision, right? We're like, oh yeah, this is going really well, and and Brett's got the tick, and I'm just kind of he's got the gun sight, right? The tick gun sight up in front, and I'm just hydrating away, and, and Carrie's just waiting for us to notice, and we don't, and we don't. And we still don't. So in the end, she's like, hey, guys, like behind you, behind you, she's doing this. And I'm like, what? And I look, I'm like, oh, shit, it's, it's going. Like, <laughs> it was like yeah. half the bail was on fire. It was right yeah. next to my pack. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so we diced it. But yes, it's exactly that, right? Yeah. You're so focused mm-hmm. on one thing. You're so yeah. busy concentrating on that single point on your task at the time that it's very easy mm-hmm. to get pulled into that one critical thing especially when you're doing something like hydraulic ventilation you're yeah. trying to hit a target in the dark in absolute pitch black and you know you're just using your tick for a reference you're really mm-hmm. trying to concentrate you have no idea what's going on behind you yeah. and that's where that second guy job comes in obviously in this instance me and brett both completely missed it because mm-hmm. that was what carrie was trying to prove but that oxygen just being pulled past that reignited yeah. And just causing a whole other thing. And I said to her after, I was like, did you do it on purpose? She said, yeah. It's like, I, I wanted to see if you were watching. I'm like, man, that was, that was amazing. Like, it just, it instantly made me think, shit, I really need to be paying more attention to what's going on around me. And normally, as second, I'm doing that all the time because mm-hmm. that's what I constantly do, right? That yeah. guy knows what he's doing. I'm looking around and I'm moving hose. Like, I got a tool in one hand and I'm moving the hose in the other. That's it. And also, sometimes with our training, because we're trying to make it, realistic and cool and you know it's a training environment it's a good reminder to show you that a lot of accidents can happen in trains you still mm-hmm. got to be just as careful because we know it's training we know the purpose is there's a fire in this corner we know it's controlled we know <clears throat> what it is so you're going to do that task and that's perfect scenario you forgot oh crap yeah this is right there but if that was a real fire and you're going in you probably would have caught that and thrown some water on it and moved on right mm-hmm. but Again, this it's it's perfect. It's, it's you got to train for that. You got it keeps you on your toes, right? Absolutely, 
yeah, it was it was really really good, really good. So you were running that one, Rob. Rob and yeah, yeah, I was. I had Carrie helping me with that, and good honor for throwing that hay bale on there because all we had that in that room was for just creating the smoke inside of that that first that cold cold room, if you would uh, call it, because it wasn't on fire. Um, warm room, almost. Warm room, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we just wanted to go through an evolution of. Doing the PPV on the on the door we're gonna enter into, and then doing the just clearing everything out, and um, sorry, <laughs> you totally messed with me Ash, with a positive, positive pistol, pistol. Yes, positive pistol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, trying to figure out what you were doing, and then it clicked in my brain there. Um, <laughs> PPV will forever PPV. be ruined yeah. for me now. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, just get because um, I'd said to the guys beforehand that we're gonna run the scenario as it's a single level home. The person in the home says that the fire's in a bedroom and they close the door behind them. And running that fan and looking, we don't always watch for smoke when we set up the fan. We're expecting our venting team on the other side of the building to have that window with the communication that we do to have that venting. And smoke pushing out of it, but if we don't see smoke coming out of where we want it to vent, obviously it's an indicator of uh, a blockage somewhere. And so, um, just wanted to get us used to running the fan, looking for that smoke, realizing, okay, there must be a door closed. Um, okay, we know we're going to push into that, into that room and wanted guys to work on door control. I don't think we do that enough is door control, not having that door just swing wide open introduce all that oxygen into this room Mm -hmm. um just work on you know open it up a little bit like carrie did work with you guys and then getting that shot of water into the room maybe try and create a a steam kill in there of it uh and then yeah just work with the tick getting it out in front of the nozzleman and pushing that that stream out the window um what was really good um because i know uh, talking with Matt on the outside there, watching everything go on, seeing guys hit the window above or to the side or below. Uh, Matt was real interested in knowing about the stream because a lot of guys were initially starting with that straight stream uh, out the window uh, and wanting to just pushing with that. Mm-hmm. And we kind of played with it afterwards is how did it work with the straight stream? Yeah, it works, mm-hmm. but then opening it up that bit so we get that venturi effect through the through the window, and uh, so when it's Matt's turn to go in, Matt's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna push in the door a little bit more." And you could actually tell from the outside because I was watching, um, you can see the angle of the stream coming out the window um, being just as effective. But you could tell from that angle that he had pushed in further than the first team or second team had. Um, through that so just a couple of you know things we don't normally get to see from the outside so we we ran it again just to see the differences in that host host stream and and an angle and uh, a couple guys watched it from outside just to get an idea of it because normally train you're inside you're not seeing it what it's doing on the outside so mm-hmm. um yeah they got a chance to see it on the outside and see how effective that host stream is Matt um, said afterwards, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, it looked like the straight stream was doing just as much. And then when we ran through 
um, the rotation again just to so he could see it after he's like, yeah, okay, I get it. Like I uh-huh. see with that wider Stephanie. fog, yeah, that wider fog or that wide stream. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. it creates that pull, that drag uh, with that venturi effect, and just pulls it all through that window, and you can really see the difference. Um, in fact, I think we've got one of our. When we had that group from up north down, yeah. we shot that one in our burn building, <clears throat> and it was a really good, good showcase of what you should see on the outside when you get that big plume of smoke. The color change in the smoke almost goes white in a lot of instances with yeah. that that comes out, um, and it just clears that room so so fast, unbelievably quick, and lowers the temperatures. Not to throw things totally different direction here, but when you're talking about. <clears throat> going in with a combi nozzle and just having that straight stream out the window when you're trying to hydraulic. Mm. We've had some discussions recently about possibly changing our nozzles to smooth bores. Mm. I know off the record, we've all talked about this with you guys and stuff as well, and you tried our nozzles out for mm. a bit as well. And I don't know a lot about smooth bore. i got to learn more about it, but it's, it's quite interesting. Like um, the guys were, were saying, the departments that use them, they absolutely love them. And you can still get that same effect if you're going to do that, but it's that straight stream whipped. in a circular whip it around, right? Yeah. Like you're, it's still going to do just as much. Mm-hmm. But what a lot of guys like is that protective aspect of that smooth bore. If you go in and the shit hits the fan, you got a cover in place and you drop to the floor, you straight up in the ceiling, open that sucker straight up, straight to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. It's going to cool everything. It's going to push everything down, but that water, because it's a more volume that's going to drop on you, and that's what's protecting you. Whereas we always train with the combis, right? Fog, get down low, but now that's going to create so much steam, yeah. right? And it's a totally different theory, but it makes a lot of sense. And uh, I'm sure a lot of the listeners probably know a lot more about it than I do, mm-hmm. but uh, it's pretty interesting. We're definitely going to be digging into some of that uh, to see if we're going to change over to smooth bores. It seems to be the age-old argument, oh, you yeah. know? Smoother combi is like... People it, beat it to death. It's true, yeah. mm-hmm. it's true. And the reality is we run both, and yeah. they're both good for different things. Mm-hmm. They really are. But you um, need different, <laughs> different pump pressures to to do it, right? You can't, yeah, you we can't have a two and a half to get a Y to smooth more than that. You need, you need a totally separate system, right? Mm-hmm. Totally separate <clears throat> yeah. yeah, to run them for... The optimum, optimum, yeah. and optimal and levels. And the pump operator's got to be on it if you're doing two different styles. So it's either yeah. one or the other, I think, right? Mm-hmm. It's either this whole truck's going to uh, combi or this whole truck's going to smooth bore. You can't right. have both. We mix ours only, so rear discharge, uh, two and a half. With, you know, yeah, what you guys do. Yeah. Um, but that one is like only that nozzle on yeah. that line. Um and even that, like we're we're having to hammer that in in training, because the pump operator's memory mm-hmm. is, like to ramp this baby up because yep. they got X amount of line out and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And like we're running probably thirty plus psi higher than mm-hmm. than optimal. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we keep having to remind ourselves that, and that's uh, forever years running a comp com, combination totally. nozzle. Yep. And now we've introduced smooth bores. Um, and we love it on the bigger line. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just that larger amount of water that you're flowing. Um, yeah. It's doing an amazing job. I love, um, I've been doing crazy research on both of them. I want to play with inch and a half swing bore. Like that's, yeah. I want to play with that a lot. Um, so that connection that we have, we should really look into that. Um, 
for that that reason i i always wondered as well of you know that that whole mayday or you know you if shit hits the fan like i've got it drilled in my mind that you go into that fog for for mm-hmm. life-saving um and you've got this sort of shelter over top of you mm-hmm. um but what are you now creating yeah right so well you, you look at the evolution of it like, way back in the day that's all what it was smooth mm-hmm. And then they went to the Santa Rosas and these other things. And then now it was, it was all combination. That was the best thing. And in over 20 years for me doing it, it was, that's all we've had. It's all I've ever used. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about a smooth bar. You know, and then also when you get a calf truck, it's like, oh, well, this, no, this is even different tactics. Yeah. And then everybody quickly realized that, well, you know what? Calf truck, we're not taking that interior. It sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, yeah, as we get more science behind everything, and figure all this stuff out, you know, it's changing everything drastically in the fire service here. Mm-hmm. It really is, you know, and, and, uh, running a, a two and a half out to a gate of Y and then running your, your inch and three quarter, inch and a half up, you got less friction loss now. It's just, it's such a better system. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually all of our new, uh, hose that we're going to be replacing, we are now any hose we're buying, it's going to be inch and three quarter. We're getting rid of all of our inch and a half. Big change. Yeah. Right. What's the What's the process in that? Like the thought process behind going up. Um, I think there's more uh, more volume. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, totally makes sense. A little bit, <clears throat> a little bit less crazy to deal with than a two and a half, but yeah, still getting more, yeah, more output, getting more volume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Nice. Uh, that was what we got up to on yeah. Thursday, Rob. What did you get up to, Ash? So here, here I was all stoked because so we had our probably first and last acquired structure ever. <laughs> so down at our training grounds, we've got a, uh, a mobile home that was donated to the people that previously resided where we train. Um, it was, uh, what would you call it? like a not-for-profit group that threw on events down, down there. Um, it was donated to them way back in the day. Um, it's a single-wide mobile home. We've used it for searches for years and uh, done a bunch of uh, trainings through it, but it's just getting old and dilapidated, and it's in the way of our uh, Seacan City that, that we're putting <laughs> up there. True. So um, we have now uh, started our rotation of live burns in it. So, um, we, uh, we were doing a, uh, two and a half inch transitional attack from the outside, um, with one team and then, uh, going to a, uh, two man inch and a half interior attack. So, uh, we, we didn't really run it as like a scenario. It was more of a, let's layer this on. We're going to talk about it on, on the outside. Um, there's a bedroom way at the back. Uh, loaded some pallets in there, got that rolling. Um, I'll tell you, lighting a building on fire versus lighting a sea can is wicked. <laughs> like, I'm like lighting the pallet, and I'm like, ah, oh, this sucks. I'm gonna light the wall. <laughs> as, as the evening went on, like the very last rotation, I'm like, ah, oh, we're gonna light the door on fire. We're gonna light this on fire. Like we we wanted it to get like really rolling, so the guys. Um, could do the door track open. We did some with 
ventilation, some without. Um, the last one we just did without uh, positive pressure. So they checked the door. Um, well, first the guy um, took, took the window, two and a half inch, ran it, did that transitional attack, angled off, off the ceiling, uh, you know, created those uh, little water droplets, big water droplets off the two and a half, um, kind of set that, that fire clock back. Then we uh, took the door, pushed in, and just allowed, we had some newer guys there, and just allowed them to see that flow path and like what the fire was doing, how it was pushing all the way out. Like it was running the entire length of the trailer, just running the roof. And guys are like, oh, this is crazy. So then we talk about, okay, like let's push in and do that, um, you know, wall, ceiling, wall, just a quick U, and it pushes it back. And then they advance in. I'm like, use the reach of stream, don't put yourself in it. And they just did it, bumped up, did it. They pushed up pretty quick, got themselves into, like up to the seat, see the fire, did the full extinguishment kick, push themselves back, did a bit of a hasty, you know, overhaul, and then push, push back out. And we, we did that like three, three or four, four times. Um, and it, uh, it was great. We had a pretty good mix of guys there. And, uh, for the new guys to see, you know, again, like they've, they've been to a couple structure fires, but all of our recent ones have been massive full loss structure fires like all on the outskirts of town buildings that have like zero chance of saving it's just huge right so <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. with like yeah. found foundation specialists right um and that's not what we want right like we want to go in there and train like this is what we can do if we're if we are aggressive and there is that viable save mm-hmm. um so getting them in there to push in and we're going to switch up the rooms and such for this coming week uh do the same idea but i mean we the the last one got up into the ceiling a bit and um yeah it's uh i mean it's, we could do the same thing over and over and over again but we're just going to switch it same sort of tactics but this coming week we'll do it in the bathroom um come through the same but now we'll we'll have to lay our hose a little bit different um because the the access point for the two and a half will be on the high side pushing in that way still come around the the bottom side to push in um but the same tactics will be played um and like i say the guys loved it it was uh, uh playing with a like a live a, a live building a real building live fire um it, well, de- it definitely changed it's Chang- yeah, yeah right like i feel everybody's spidey senses were a little bit more you, you have to be for sure because like you can control a sea can Right, like the fire's yeah. there, yeah. right? It's a pallet. Yeah, it's not catching the walls. Yeah, it's not catching the ceiling. Where this one, like we were, it is catching everything, and that's what you want. Like you can't just be like, all right, well, like that fire right there is out. Like the first, the first burn, we're like, this thing might be gone in ten minutes, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, it's an old dilapidated mobile, right? Like we might get one crack at this. Um, I have no idea like what this thing is going to react like. So it was cool to see the guys go through that and then we learn, okay, this is how these old things react. Because we say, if you get called to a structure fire at a mobile home, like... She gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. she gone. Yeah, so, better hope they're in the bedroom that's at the other end of the trailer and mm-hmm. we can get to that window, hopefully, yeah, within that three-minute timer that the living room's gone up and mm-hmm. then traveled down. Mm-hmm. Those things go so fast. I don't. In yeah. fact, I can't yeah. even remember the last time we had a viable save on a trailer fire. No. Like it's been a long time, a yeah. long time. And that's what we talked about earlier about 
making those decisions and mm-hmm. when it's time to be aggressive and quick get in there mm-hmm. and reading those folks because you talk about our modern day homes and furniture and everything that's in there what it's made out of versus the old school you know 20 years ago even further back uh what we refer to as the legacy homes right mm-hmm. natural fibers all that stuff it burns way slow we've all seen those videos mm-hmm. where they'll light up a legacy home and it's smoldering away it's burning the small flame for like 10 minutes and in three minutes you know i think it's three and a half minutes four minutes it's flashed in in the modern day home Mm -hmm. and then 28 minutes it flashes in the legacy home Mm -hmm. like come on like the time frame is so different now yeah and even us like when we did a a house that we had a little while ago we went in the bathtub and i threw some fuel in the bathtub and let, let it up so it smoked really good and the guys were delayed because it's a training event, right? You're moving a little slower at that mm-hmm. time and going in and it got rocking so fast. <laughs> it turned into, a, no, we got to put this out real now. <laughs> it, this fucking house is about to go. <laughs> like, <laughs> holy shit. Like, yeah, it was, it was a pucker moment and we had to like fully put it out and they were like, okay, reevaluate the structure before we lit it again. Like, it was, yeah, it was like, okay, this is real now. Let's go. Yeah. And, so you talk about the difference from the C-CAN. Yeah, it's controlled. But in these modern-day homes, if you get that chance to get in there fast, mm-hmm. you can make some serious time efficiently with the proper techniques. Like get in there, fast advancements, wall, ceiling, wall, advance in, wall, ceiling, wall, push, push, yeah. push, and boom, you're out. You got it done with your proper mm-hmm. flow pass and vent control. Like you're, you're laughing. Yeah. But if you get there late, you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved how it really opened people's eyes. Like, um, like we always talk about those go, don't go sort of scenarios, yeah. right? Just like we've, we've, we've been saying tonight. Um, what it looks like with zero water application versus mm-hmm. like five seconds of water application changed the entire hallway. Like what it looked like. I mean, he was rolling out the door. Yeah. Um, and that's 30 feet from the sea, you know, from the sea of the fire. No fan, so I mean, it looked different when we were using some uh, positive pressure, but uh, yeah, like I got one of our newer guys' gas. I got him to poke his head in quick before the two and a half hit, and he's like, "Holy shit, it's rocking!" Yeah, like it was rolling, and uh, and then like five, ten seconds of two and a half, and he's like, "Okay, like it's died down," and as they started to push the reignite starts to happen. Yeah. So it set that clock back. It gave him time, but then it starts to roll back down that hallway again. Huge, yeah. And, you know, nicking over their heads again. And, you know, again, you know, wall, ceiling, wall, boom, 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 knocked it back. It's like, okay, let's go, go, go. And they quick, quick advancement and uh, nailed it. So, like, really good learning experience. You see so many, thanks to YouTube, you see so many videos of people not putting water on the fire when they roll mm-hmm. up. They're screwing around with the ladders and this. Oh, let's get some vent going and this and that. It's like, okay, if it's a self-venting fire, get some water on that fire. Buy yourself some time. Like I said, slow that clock down a bit. You can start cooling exterior while you're attacking one is getting ready to rock. Mm-hmm. And then, hey, we've slowed it down. Now it's safe to enter. Yeah. You know, and that, that door control, that vent, like if you get there and it's self-venting and then you notice that front door is open, close the door. Yeah. Get in there, close that door. Buy yourself some time. Get that water on the fire, cool, start cooling it, then it's safer and mm-hmm. a bit more control to get that team in and start rocking it. Yeah. If it's a vent-limited fire, then it's a little different, mm-hmm. but it's so, so important. I look back at 
all my years in service, how many times we've dinked around getting things ready. We've, we've had a line charge ready to go there, but we're waiting for other things to get in place and we're not putting water on the fire yet exteriorly because we're thinking, oh, we're going interior, we're going offensive, but we haven't put any water on the fire yet. Like mm-hmm. now it's like, no, get some water on that, man. And yeah. then shut it off, go in. Yeah, absolutely. Rob? I was, I was talking to a fellow firefighter couple weeks ago about that exact same thing he was talking to me he's a training guy and just talking that same thing about getting water on the fire even if it whether there is or isn't a viable search Mm -hmm. get some water in there probably putting water on the fire is safer for a victim than it is not putting water on the fire so Mm -hmm. and i think he was talking there I don't know why they're researching, but they're doing research. They're coming up with some tactics now about getting water on the fire first rather than that's that uh, pushing, pushing outside in rather than pushing inside out mm-hmm. uh, with uh, putting water on the fire. Um, yeah. So it was just an interesting talk. I'd, it actually had been on my mind for since I talked to him about that. Mm-hmm. And I think Scott said to, when I talked to him on Thursday at practice, um, that's kind of what we teach a little bit about our transitional attack too mm-hmm. um well we had touched on it yeah that yeah same thing right hit the yeah. ceiling on the outside hit mm-hmm. the ceiling drop it in and... iron steep mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah absolutely back yeah, off so the roof and, seems yeah. like it's it's coming up a little bit more often that's mm-hmm. being talked about well it, it was yeah. always we were always told for so long you never do that if there's something that you don't throw you any steam don't yeah you, exactly yeah. Right? right it's like okay so i'm just possibly steam burn them a little bit, but cool things down, or it we're gonna let it get so fucking hot and unsurvivable mm-hmm. in yeah. a matter of moments. What's worse? Yeah, they're gonna burn. make a save, or mm-hmm. they're just gonna pull out a body. Yeah. Like, but if, but if you're doing that water on that fire, you're going big water. You're not going fog pattern nope, where you're gonna no, create that steam kill. You're going big uh-huh. water yeah. droplets so that you betcha that doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there's I've seen a couple of videos, not many where you get a really dialed-in pump operator. They roll up, the guy's got the pump running, water's running through the pump, <clears throat> guys are still stretched in line, it's not ready to go yet. That guy fires up that deck gun, gets that monitor going, boom, hits the fucking front of that house or into a window, and, you know, just for a few moments. We're, we're going to solid explicit lyrics. <laughs> uh, I've tried. I've had a tough week. <laughs> bombs might slip out. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing the police's job for some crackheads. Broken my house, but uh, yeah. So get get that water on. Like this guy, like he busted out the deck gun and mm. oh, it's genius. Rocked it. Like mm. it, it knocked it down so well. And then a few moments later, that team was ready to rock, and in they went. Mm. So on the other day, and I think it was probably the same when you were talking about it. Like we see these videos where no one's getting war on the fire. They're putting ladders up. There's there's literally hose with water, charged lines with no one on the nozzle. No one's doing anything. They're still trying to breach a door. And there's like seven of them around the door. And so what are you doing, man? Like, there America. is your... The, the, right? <laughs> the only Sorry. thing that Sorry you have <laughs> to fight the fire is sat on the floor and you're all trying to fight over who's going to get the irons to bust mm-hmm. the door and who's going to throw a ladder. You want to climb on that building that's on fire? Why? Just put the war on it. That's literally our weapon. Like that is <laughs> right. that is our kryptonite. It's our right? Like yeah. kryptonite's the fire. Right. We'll just we'll figure it out. You know. Mm. Put it on it. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was <coughs> it was really good to uh, really good to see. 
Um, the interior, I think I'm on, I think I'm switching into interior next week. But uh, what's that one? The, so the transitional, right? Because we, so uh, just a little note on our training before we wrap up here. Um, the, uh, all of it. <laughs> the, um, what we do is we tend to run two to three scenarios mm-hmm. um, with we different members. We did? Yeah, so Kev was going to talk on that, cause, but he uh, has the sickness. So he's got the sickness? Be, yeah, he's, right. he's down with it. <laughs> you better get up. Yeah, we're going to have to get down. With the um, yeah, we had... Uh, the, the ambulance will be called the HIV. Yeah, right? Okay. <laughs> sure. Any sickness is called the HIV. <laughs> totally not politically correct. <laughs> Why start now? Um, we uh, did a non-live fire practice uh, stabilization. So that was uh, uh, Andrew Squared. Put okay. on that one. Okay. Yeah, so... I wasn't privy to it, obviously, because we were running um, our acquired structure <laughs> burn. Uh, but uh, I did go go down there. They got uh, um, our high up truck down there, placed a couple vehicles, and um, not overly challenging positions. But um, it wasn't about cutting cars. It wasn't. I don't even think they did any patient extrication. It was just break it down. Um, our stabilization has been. A little loose lately. I think a lot of guys have have, have heard that we've. Uh, what was that? Oh, see. You bang in there, Tom? <laughs> Might have been a burp. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, what did I just miss? I, I, I thought somebody just bark. came into the hole. Yeah. I thought, I thought the door opened. <laughs> Someone just slam a door. Screw these guys. So we just like a bit of a back back to basics. Like let's really make sure that our our working environment. We we preach that so often that let's make sure our our work environment is safe. Um, we actually had a, a vehicle rollover in a in a in, interesting place just uh, last week. Um, vehicle hit a bridge, roll, rolled over on its roof. Elderly occupant. Um, it sounds like it went really well, but uh, there were some comments on. Like, yes, it was very stable. It was safe, but what can we learn from this? So that kind of got this going. Uh, so they, they went down and, yeah, just, just threw, threw a couple, I think it was three different scenarios of, like, what you can do. And, uh, yeah, just ran, ran guys through. And uh, I think what's nice about... So this was kind of our, our first real get-back-at-like-the-kick-ass training. Now that, like, summertime's over, the yeah. weather's cooled down, we can really go and get after it. Um, we're kind of starting not at the basics, but like that, that one was, but like your guys's wasn't like basics, but it was slowed down. Yep. Um, you know, like got to crawl before you walk and blah, blah, blah. So we're, we're starting slow. And I imagine like everything we ever do, it's going to end up with a scenario somewhere <laughs> where now you take everything you've learned and let's apply it. Yeah. I forgot. I was going to rip on you guys because the newspaper caught a sweet photo of the car with no cribbing on it. Right. <laughs> but. Yeah, everybody was out, and I didn't want to rip on you guys too hard. Well, it's okay because in the picture, Kev's holding it, so it wasn't going to move. He's got it. Yeah, Kev had it. I got it, guys. Don't worry. I was I was going to say with us getting back into live fire, um, it's the most wonderful wonderful time time of the year. That was our Facebook post. (laughs) Christmas. Um, 
we sometimes get used to having everybody around that we forget who's newer members, who's not, and whether certain guys have actually, actually seen the technique done or not. Right. Like you're talking about Brett only having done it for like five minutes on mm-hmm. a training night with another department. And <clears throat> so we get it's good to get those guys through some of the stuff that maybe we haven't done for a long time mm-hmm. and remember who actually does what, has done what, hasn't done what. Just mm-hmm. get those guys through that. Yeah, absolutely. That uh, Brett, i got to tell you, man, of it, not, not just all the new guys, but just a lot of the guys, mm-hmm. even me some days, man, Brett works harder than most people ever do. Mm-hmm. Like, he works harder than, like, three people some days. That boy rocks it. And even though when we were down there on Thursday, like... He he had seen and other guys doing it on the training day he came down to help with, but he'd never really been in there. But he had it. Like mm-hmm. he had it. He he followed me, he was listening, he's attentive, he just gets after it. Like to nice, see people yeah. that come in that are new, that have that just mm-hmm. fire in their belly, that just they wanna just crack on and really fight hard and uh, train aggressive mm-hmm. and just kick oh, yeah. ass, man. It's so impressive to watch him get after it. Really, really impressive. And he's just ready to learn, right? And a lot, all of our new guys are the same way. They all want to yeah. listen in. They all want to find out what's going on. And they're watching. You can see them. Like, you get some some members and, you know, we drift off, right? We get into other conversations. Oh, what were we up to? You know, like, how was your weekend or whatever? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's those conversations. But mm-hmm. those guys, man, they just, they dial in. They're focused. It's really cool. We're starting to see that with some of our new guys now, too. It's, I mean, we definitely have some better training stuff going on now, too. But, um uh, I was really impressed this weekend with, with a handful of our new people. Like, mm. they rocked it when they went into those positions. They did so good. I mean, definitely a few of them have some pretty high-profile fo- jobs outside of the fire service, and they've been in instant commander roles and team lead roles and other emergency station situations. And, uh, man, watching them unfold and work on that and not really understand how our system really is dialed in, they picked up fast. I was really mm. proud of them. That's awesome. Yeah, it's good to see that fire in the belly again. Yeah, 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 definitely brings a little bit back. Mm-hmm. Makes everyone want to try a little bit harder, especially yeah. when you're seeing the new guys. And you're just like, man, yeah. you're right. Mm-hmm. I should be pushing again, right? And mm-hmm. he, we all feel like we push hard, but then you watch them and say, man, these guys are pushing. Yeah. Well, it's it, you know, like you, you, you see that drive out of them, um, and that makes like us want to do a better job presenting and teaching. Uh, right. It makes you guys that are right there with them want to step up your game because if these guys are coming in like mm-hmm. we're all we were mostly all if not all that alpha we're aggressive we're you know we're trying to get after it um you don't want to be showing up it's, it's not about that but like if, if you see someone doing well that you also want to su- go out there and succeed well with them yeah and um, encourage them yeah, keep absolutely them going, yeah mm-hmm yeah, we had a training. We we did a um, RIP firefighter down practice a couple weeks back, and you know, speaking to Brett, he uh, he's doing a big remodel on his house, and like he's working nine nine hours plus at work, comes home, works, puts in another three four hours, and then his fire practice puts in another three hours here. I mean, he was getting after it, packaging, dragging, like just working and. We, uh, the last go through, um, he was like, man, guys, like, 
I'm so sorry. I'm just, uh, like, I'm done. And I'm like, man, like, don't be sorry. Like, he was beating himself up about it. And I, I mean, we, we could tell, like, we had a little bit more plan. And, like, we could tell that he was, like, he was done. And uh, we're like, man, like, don't feel bad. Like, you've been given all up until this, this point. There's no shame in being being exhausted. Like, we're all busy. We all have lives, right? But I love seeing that, too. Like, he pushed until he couldn't anymore. He's like, like, ah, man, I'm out. Like, I gotta go. But, so, like, we put him in, and then I'm like, okay, you'll be, like, the attack team. Your partner's gonna drop, and now you're out of air, right? So, like, we worked into the scenario. Like, hey, like, you can start, but you're not gonna be working, right? So we pulled, we got him. Okay, start to package, Rit team approaches, right? You get the deal, and now you can swap out. And, um, just seeing these guys, like, you know, we speak of uh, Mike. Like, he had a hard time. One uh, one scenario, I think, where we were, or one practice, we were getting a forcible entry, and he just, his brain wasn't on that night, and he had a really tough go at it, and um, somebody else stepped in, helped him out, got, got him through. And, like, you can tell these guys, like, he's a, a sports guy. Like, he's a competitive nature mm-hmm. fellow. and it's killing him. Um, yeah. So yeah. what do you do? He came down the next day and he made that doors bitch. And just <laughs> went over and over and over until it was drilled in. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's great. Because now you see him, he, he's just ready. Like, I want to force anything. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting in. Right? So uh, you see these, these people... Um, and you see their competitive nature. You you see where they're looking to succeed, um, and it just drives us all further. You know that brings another point too. That it's so important knowing all your other firefighting family members on that team, right? Like knowing that when to see their burnout because mm-hmm. all of our lives are busy, and yeah. who knows what's going on. So if you see somebody just not on their normal game, that's when us as te- other team leaders and and just partners mm-hmm. you need to say hey you know step back man it's okay chill out do another job or step right mm-hmm. out of it until your head's back in the game because you want to be 100 yeah i mean we've all been there i've been there personally too where you're just burnt out from work or other calls or something else is going on and maybe a little compassion fatigue or something and say like, oh, i'm just not into this right now it could be a training scenario it could be a real call and that's where us as team leaders you need to look look at them like hey okay you know what, come do this instead. Pull back, switch mm-hmm. them out. And they're going to want to keep pushing, but if you see them struggling and you know, that's why you, you need that family connection. You need to know what's going on with yep. people. Help each other out. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, boys, on to the shout-outs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob, you want to take Chief Miller? Sure, yeah. Okay. Chief Miller. Uh, Chief Miller for all your Chief Miller needs. Uh, he is on the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the everything. he's he's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think he reposts and shares everything that we put out uh, and promotes. And yeah, real good partner to have partnered with. And uh, yeah, check him out. I was looking at the toque there. He's got some pretty sweet swag. He's got mm. the swag sights up there, the yeah. old Chief yeah. Miller apparel and mm-hmm. all other sorts of things. Uh, I think he sent, I think, I think actually Chief took it. Was it the, the mug? Yep. Yeah? He took the, the mm. coffee mug? Yeah, so from one Chief to another. <laughs> from, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's got some good stuff on there. 
Mm. I kind of like his new stuff coming out with the stickers. He's got the old uh, backdraft sticker with that you go, we go. Oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, Kurt Russell. Yeah. 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 I saw the, he's got the coffee mug with the, um, the kind of crazy kind of ghoulish goblin guy with the chain. uh, He's got like a chainsaw or a disc saw. I think he's got a disc saw. And it's the, uh, the roof. Skylight Specialist? Skylight Specialist, yeah. 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 yeah Classic all men Americans will eat that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's absolutely, yeah. yep. No, not our game, but whatever floats your boat, ladies. Yeah. That's a <laughs> trucky company for sure. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Motus. Motus, snagger tools, uh, door wedges, uh, and other fun stuff, including um, bags of goodies now, Ash tells us. Mm-hmm. Um, the snagger tools fantastic for um, Rob swears by them mm-hmm. right I like mine yeah like yeah. Uh, coupling uncoupling if you get those get those uh, sticky couplers yeah. especially when it starts to get cold we're really going to start seeing them then I think when it starts to get really cold and everything starts freezing up right on calls yeah. it's going to be super helpful for that but also it's really good for dragging hose especially the two and a halves yeah. really powerful for holding that um, you can you know yes we've obviously got the videos for the Jimi Hendrix but if you've got that in your back hand, and you tuck that round, uh, tuck that round the the stretch of the length, you can yeah. easily, easily hold it with um, with that back hand on that snagger tool. Yeah, they got some new tool bags, I think, too. Yeah. You can put in uh, like your medic stuff if you wanted to, or you can customize whatever you put in them. They've got their own branded medic bags now too. For yeah, that's pretty cool. Tools and stuff. Like I don't that. think you put it like in your turnout gear, but. Like, I was talking maybe sweet, like, in, to have a quick grab bag like that for your command vehicles, for your duty trucks, stuff like that, or for your personal vehicle. Mm. I you mean, like, I'm, I'm kitting my own truck out like crazy, right? Like, you always have something. Um, I find myself going going direct a lot now, obviously. Um, you know, if the duty officer's busy, uh, you kind of step in and, and help fill, fill that role. Um, so the more we can be prepared going to a scene like that. Uh, yeah, just, it seems like that's something that I can really find use for. Yeah. <clears throat> so they should give me one. <laughs> <laughs> us. The keyword there is us. No. <laughs> Damn. Yes, us. DTFF5 gets yeah. you 5% off, whether it pays for your shipping or whether it pays for your iodizing or whatever there was there. Iodizing. I don't know what you were doing. Iodizing in there. Iodizing. Iodizing. There you go. Sure. Yeah, One of them. So, uh, uh, or engraving as well. Actually. Engraving. I DTC, so, right? I don't... Well, there was some cheaper colors. So, I think they have... They've got a couple colorways that you can pick from. Uh, but they also engrave. So, like, we customed ours to say DTFF. Um, some people put their name, put their department on there. They can put... I mean whatever you want to put on there. I think I saw a picture the other day. Uh, there's a sticker company out there. Mm-hmm. Identifier? Yeah. Or identi- yeah. Identifier. Identifier. Yeah. Oh. And they have made stickers that fit on the modus, the stanker tool, cool. on the curves and everything, and they're uh, photo, whatever you want to call it. They mm-hmm. glow in the dark. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's good. Which yeah. go great with... Uh, so I, I saw this the other day. Uh, train your probie got a special snagger tool um and it's engraved with their logo and stuff on it and it's black what the f- why would you want a black tool <laughs> <laughs> like i mean typ is awesome 
Everything black is tactical cool, man. Like, yeah, it is. Too. Until you drop it in the <laughs> dark. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you can give me a black snagger tool, but I'm going to have that shit lit up with the identifier. For sure. <laughs> like tourniquets. Your orange tourniquet is $52. Your black tourniquet is even more. It's the same thing. <laughs> I'll take tactical. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. DTFF5. Mm-hmm. Motus, get your snagger tool. Mm-hmm. They're great fun. Be the and, envy of your and department. They're can, and they're Canadian. And they're Canadian. Mm-hmm. And Scott doesn't have one. Yes. <laughs> we got to get Scotland then. <laughs> yeah. Or not. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> if he was here tonight, it probably would have been the night that we found him one, but... It might have been. Yeah, it probably wouldn't have probably been. Probably wouldn't have been there. No. Todd, RZ. For all your RZ mask needs. There you go. It's like <laughs> the tagline forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't had the luxury to try one. You haven't yet? No. No. It's a, you know what? It's actually on my little list to, to purchase just for my own gear personally. Um, I have no fire department's going to get them yet. We're still working on other huge budget issues. But uh, I would actually like to buy a couple personally for um, both my sets of turn gear at both halls. And uh, then a couple for my uh, hunting and quadding excursions. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's actually something that we didn't bring up for... We were talking about different uses for them because uh, I actually used mine on a quad ride and I was behind. And normally you just eat dust. Right. I did not. Mm-hmm. It was great. And you guys have really liked them as uh, like pump operator or something too. If the smoke changes <laughs> a little bit in yeah. like grass fire season, you guys mm-hmm. use them a lot, right? I've Absolutely. used them a couple of times as pump operator. Yeah. Uh, last big structure fire we had at the mm-hmm. farm, Yep. I threw mine on there. Yeah. Because obviously we don't have a truck operator pack so no but uh that. as just a precaution just in case but yeah um, nobody parked far yeah. enough away yeah mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, yeah we always preach you make sure your apparatus is parked well but in the perfect world <laughs> in, the per- yeah. in the perfect world yeah in the real world things change part so, when you need to part yeah. when you can yep you make the best out of what you have and uh you toss on your RZ mask as a, as a precaution and it definitely works it's great I, yeah and we've definitely noticed mm-hmm. especially Bob and the uh, uh, administration there guys mm-hmm. they're definitely throwing them on in the mm-hmm. mop up stages and investigation yeah. stages mm-hmm. yeah which is good because again before it was you know there was nothing just walk in right yeah that's yeah. terrible it was just walking mm-hmm. which you know as much as you try and you try and preach you really need to be A, B, C or D it doesn't happen. So this, having this being taken on and actually being used and worn, mm-hmm. phenomenal. Massive, massive upgrade. Well, didn't yeah. the local paper during the summer when your grass fires up here um, catch bomb? Yeah. Uh, I see wearing one, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he loves them. Yeah, really good In to fact, see. everyone. Yeah, everyone's got on board. Yeah, it's really been embraced yeah. by by the hall, for sure. So. And it's always special to see when, when the old, old boys like Bob... Uh, sorry, Bob. <laughs> Adapts to something like that too, because they're the hardest ones to change. Oh yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think we're pretty lucky that that with Bob, he's uh, um, cutting it. He, he's he's an old boy that embraces it though, right? Yeah. Like yeah, you bet. Um, he, you you looked around, the, you know, you, we all know. Um, I, I'm not old <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, but I'm getting more stubborn in, in my age, right? So I know. It's harder to change people that have done things for five years, ten mm-hmm. years, twenty years, and beyond. So to have somebody in his position with an open mind 
and wants to progress like that. That's awesome. That's, yeah. It's great. So yeah. it's helping us all. Mm-hmm. For sure. Exactly. If you want to buy an RZ mask, the code is DTFF. Mm-hmm. DTFF will get you 30% off your magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, your awesome. magazine. Apparently, <laughs> apparently we're going to shoot in there. It will get you 30% off of all your, your yeah, for all your PPV needs. No, you're pew-pewing. Mm. Monus needs to make a tactical for your PPV needs. Oh, like a, yeah. a, a gun holster? Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty sweet. Glow in the dark. Glow in the dark gun holster. DTFF, RZ, it will get you 30% off. Yeah. Well, Ash, Bar Boys. Bar Boys. Uh, Brotherhood Academy Radio podcast. Uh, they're ramping their shit up big time, and it's great. They uh, they do a uh, podcast. It started out as a podcast with a couple guys. Uh, mostly Nick Hilton was the uh, the the mainstay at the start. Uh, they they've got a pretty good crew of the uh, three of them there. Nick, Nick, and Paul. Um, they they're from Maine. Uh, definite east coast american swing on what we're doing as well so it's i mean there's a lot of similarities they uh um they do their podcasting they are talking about getting on some video the eat chowder really they clam chowder i heart nfpa bowls right <laughs> <laughs> um, like we don't hate the nfpa like, like we train to at least yeah, it's not the holy grail we, we adapt um, but yeah so anyway uh, they just came out with their uh, Wednesday box alarm so it's uh, a bit of a newer deal uh, generally Nick pops one of those out uh, it's just a quick tactic and tip leadership empowerment he's just straight up trying to get more episodes yeah I, he's trying, trying to catch up yeah. I think yeah it's good yeah good on him it is yeah it's great it means we have to step up our game mm-hmm you know yeah. what we need to do next is, when the weather gets nice, spring, summer, road trip. They come up here, or we go down there. I would 100% agree. Did, mm-hmm. did they say anything more about potentially making it up to seminar? So, it sounds like seminar would love probably... Yeah, I know. So, we, we threw an open invitation out to those guys. Uh, one, two, three, or however many can come up mm-hmm. um, to our seminar coming up in May. Uh, and I don't know if they can make it. They were trying to get us to meet them at um, FDIC, which would Ooh. be cool. Bucket list for sure. Mm-hmm. Expensive and hard to get. Right? There. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know how that's going to pan out right away, but uh, they would love to come up. Uh, they invited us down for one of their musters as well. Um which is pretty cool. It's like it's a weekend event uh, that, that they get involved with as well. Um, so there's going to come a time where we're going to do some crossover podcasting and crossover training one way or the other. Uh, we're going to make it happen. That'd be cool. That'd be, be cool. super, That'd be super sick, cool, man. Yeah. 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 It'd be really cool to meet those boys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wonder how much... Like, it, it'd be crazy. The first half would just be busting balls, I think. <laughs> Fact. Oh, and then... Yeah. And then, man, I think it'd be so much fun. We'd all get after it. It'd be... It'd be a blast. And but one night might involve a lot of beverage. A lot of the <laughs> yeah. But we'd be able to handle our beer way more than them because we have stronger beer. Fast. Yeah. <laughs> they're into the crafties now, ain't they? Yeah. 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 It sounds like, uh, yeah, they're 
like actually drinking decent beer. So we could take him to our local Firehole Brewery. That'd be cool. Right. Yeah. We could. We could. I've been talking about a road trip for my birthday coming up next summer mm. as well. Down to the states, some buddies. Right. Write that down. Mm. Think about it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm. Make it so number one. Uh, stop the bleed. Stop the bleed. Yeah. Um, I know myself and Scott have been talking a lot. Uh, I've got a, a border unit, uh, some uh, police that we're going to be working with here as well. And then some of our other local detachments in the area. We've got a lot of things lined up for them. We're going to be doing some stop the bleed training with them, but we're also throwing a tactical spin onto it. With, that's where Scott's era is going to come in. And that's just a stepping stone to get into... Um, just preaching the training to stop the bleed, uh, getting it out to everywhere, all the publics, uh, the schools, um, public centers, community centers, uh, having stop the bleed kits uh, hanging on a wall next to any sort of public access defibrillator, getting that awareness and knowledge out there for people if there is any sort of um, mass events, um, because we all know they're happening more and more, not just in public schools and stuff, but even um, you know, vehicles, like people are taking vehicles, running over people. There's more shootings in like streets and, and outside events. Uh, just having that knowledge base and having, having basic kits and, and how to actually mm-hmm. save somebody's life. Cause the number one leading cause of, of death is uh hemorrhage control in so much of this. And it can be, you can save somebody's life so easily with that and it's very big so we've got some big plans we're going to be rolling out here probably in the next month with those boys the police we've got some good ideas uh, a lot of good overlays from our our tac course as well uh, with dr nick sparrow uh, great ideas for that um yeah for more information you can go to bleedingcontrol.org um yeah just for reach out if you haven't heard about it before check it out you can go on there and punch in your area and you'll see if there's any uh, courses in the area. There's a ton of instructors all over North America that are pushing this out, especially in the States. This is a huge push in, in the United States right now. Canada's picking it up pretty good now too, but uh, for all the American listeners, it's it's big. A um, lot of EMS and a lot of TAC teams and police agencies are really teaching it as well. So good stuff. Yeah. Good knowledge, good practice. Super, super important. Um, tourniquets. Yeah. <laughs> Carry a tourniquet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, always, always. You should probably have static guys, especially if again we talk about it like not just for firefight and not just for mass shootings. We talk about it for going hunting, going quadding, and you fall off. Mm -hmm. You're on your motocross bike and you fall off and you get a stake through the leg. Do you know what I mean? It there's a lot of opportunity. New York strip just straight through. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on a minute. You want to get back into bush fighting? Is that where is that where we're going? It's so true, you know, like you look at, I look at my past, like once I did the stop the bleed training and became an instructor, like I've always been the token paramedic on all of our, all of our big hunting trips and stuff. And, you know, we, we've been kitted out for all that stuff. When mm-hmm. we go off to the two leads, we're t- definitely kitted out. But then you look back to all my small trips I've done, you know, one, two guys, we'd have next to nothing. You know, we weren't carrying tourniquets, but what's in all my tourniquet kits? Tourniquets, gauze, hemostatic agents, like. So now that just opened up my eyes. I couldn't believe I wasn't carrying any of that stuff. Mm. So now I've got a ton of tourniquets. I've got other little um, IFAC bags and my hunting kits and my truck and 
you name it. Like I've even got a leg bag for tactical events if we get rolled out when I'm on duty mm-hmm. um, in my uh, in my car. We'll all respond to it, and yeah, we're we're set up. You still may start pitching it to hunters. I think especially in the local area here, it would be a yeah. really valuable course for people to take. Yeah. Pitch that to the sportsman. Yeah, actually, you know, that's a good idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. get the sportsman association on board. I never thought about that. Yeah, wicked. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a really, really good one. Really yeah. good one. I went out and bought one. I would like a, I want to call it a trauma kit, but it's just a small Velcro belt loop type thing that I yep. bandages tourniquet in it too mm-hmm. for any time I go firewood hunting. Yeah, for sure. And get the boys taught on how. Add another tourniquet. Add another. Carry two. Two. Mm-hmm. But uh, teach the boys how to do stuff. And yep. Stuff like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's important. I just, it's in the back Super of my important. truck, in the back seat of my truck, so it's always with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. I mean, you never know what else you might actually pass by, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. I got a little go bag in the back of my vehicle constantly, you know, it's got two tourniquets and a whole bunch of bits and pieces for med kit in there as well, a little just car med kit, mm-hmm. flashlight, yeah. knife, you know, just yep. silly things. But again, you know, like we, so many times, because we're that kind of people doing that kind of job that we drive by something and go, oh, I can help. You yeah. know, I can do something here. You can bleed out in 30 seconds. Right. And that's the biggest thing you can you can do is control that bleeding and please take the plastic packaging off the tourniquet. Right. <laughs> if you have one. It'll say, Ooh, look at this cool bag, open it up, it's all pretty and sealed. Take the plastic wrap off your tourniquet, please. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't got the time. If you can bleed out in thirty seconds, you don't want to be messing around with it. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't got the time to peel that off. Mm-hmm. That is stop the bleed. And then we have Matt's calls secondalarm.org check them out they are a uh, service trying to raise awareness <clears throat> across nationally um, nationally across the states as well as I think they're going to start breaching into Canada a little bit but um, they're just about to really start taking off now so reach out they are trying to make sure that we get more butts in seats when it comes to our trucks um, a very very valid and very needed service that we need um, in the volunteer uh, departments to try and get more and more people through. Again, we all know how difficult it is to get people in. Retention's a different thing. That's something that you need to deal with internally, but getting people through your door can definitely, uh, definitely, they are they are looking at it from more of a perspective of um, advertisements and, you know, TV ads and newspaper ads and bigger things for everyone to showcase what we do and what we continue to enjoy to do mm-hmm. as volunteer firefighters. So get out there, check them out, secondalarm.org, support the calls. And then you got us. Um, we do stuff and things and talk about other mm-hmm. stuff and things. And Carl. Yeah. We got, <laughs> we got the YouTubes, we got the Facebooks, we got the Instagrams, we share our training videos. Mm-hmm. Everything that we do um, and we share is normally, or at least the videos that we create, it's tactics and techniques that we use to do our job in the area that we are in. It is not the be all and end all of everything, but it is a good set of stuff that works for us and has done for a long time. And we're constantly adapting constantly looking at how things work and we're ready to be told it doesn't work in another area that's okay it works for us Mm -hmm. so maybe it might work for you um and if there's other things that you guys are doing that you think maybe we could we could use send us a video drop us a clip yeah tag us in a post 
We always want to hear about it. We're always ready to try something. We got a hell of a training ground and we're always ready to use it. So give us a shout, tag us in those posts, like us, follow us. And definitely, if you can, please give us a rating and review on all of the podcast sites because those ones, they really help. They help us boost, they help us get in front of more people. Um, the Facebook is great, but the, the podcast ones are, are really strong. And that's yeah. where we get, again, those those rankings to be able to put us up a little bit further and get more people listening in so that we can spread that word and, uh, yeah, get more stuff to have more fun. Mm-hmm. Join the movement. Join. Yeah. It's a bar boys thing. <laughs> it's a bar boys yeah. thing? <laughs> okay. Ash. Later. Rob. <laughs> Good night. And Todd. Thank you. Final takeaway, writ, work on reading smoke, uh, practice extreme self-rescue. Uh, I definitely learned a couple of new techniques here that I've forgotten about over the years, and uh, it made life so much easier going through those uh, self-rescue techniques. Practice it. Build a prop. Borrow a prop. Whatever. Yeah. Maybe we can look at that in our next video segment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get your yeah, favorite yeah, stuff. Mm-hmm. Cool. Exactly. There we go. Love it. Where's the next stuff? Yeah. My chief was ripping on me. He thought I couldn't fit through the crack in, in the studs. <laughs> I ripped through it pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> Proved him wrong. There you That's go. Good. It always feels good to do that. <laughs> okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Stay safe. Stay DTF5.